Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, March 25th. Reminder, tomorrow in the pod- on the podcast, we'll have a mailbag episode in which you can submit any questions you like via a five-star Apple review. Do that on Apple Podcasts. We will answer any question you have about free agency, any player, any team, any anything about the NFL or anything about life in general. In the feed, you can check out the Best Bargain Free Agent Podcast with Jared Dubin, a great talk about some excellent pods, that uh, some excellent free agent signings that occurred, and uh, and much more. By the way, on the surface, it could have been a tough year for Jameis Winston. He had to watch Taysom Hill replace Drew Brees and also had to watch his former team win the Super Bowl with a quarterback who replaced him. Ouch. Uh, on this week's episode of All Things Covered, Winston shares his emotions of 2020, how he's preparing for a quarterback competition in 2021, the best wide receiver in the NFC South, and much more. Go check out his chat with BMAC and follow the All Things Covered podcast wherever you find this one. Let's get into some free agency takeaways with our good pal and uh freshly minted Mina Kimes with Lenny podcast. Appearance, appear, uh, guest, I guess would be the word. Jonathan Jones, what's up, JJ? What's up, man? Yeah, it was a fun podcast. Would encourage everyone as much as we can tell people, hey, go over there and listen to that podcast, but yeah. come back here and listen to this one. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I think it's, it's good pub to go, to, like, if you're on the, the Lenny podcast. That's right. It was dope. Is it the Lenny <laughs> podcast? What's the, I can't remember what Mina's podcast is called. I think it's the mini, Mina Kimes podcast with Lenny, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. How do you feel about a dog having a podcast? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we may have jumped the shark when a dog has a podcast. Well, you know, uh, it's 2021 and, you know, you just got to keep uh, innovating. Although it's possible that the dog is better at podcasting than me. What, uh, <laughs> what stands out? It's probably likely actually. What stands out to you in free agency, JJ? Um, who are, uh, give me a, would you rather be, who had a better free agency? The Buccaneers or the Patriots? No, I was actually just texting with a source about the Bucks. Mm. And the idea was how much credit do you give Jason Light and how much of this is, hey, it's Tom Brady and it's the economic realities of the NFL where you have veterans who, uh, and Dominican Sue, for example, we've known him to forever be a mercenary in his yes. career, right? He, he is, his like, his best bud is Warren Buffett. He's a mercenary. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, and that's okay. And that's fine. Um, but you know, in another year, would Dominican Sue have gotten $12 million instead of nine plus incentives and gone to where he got 12 or 13 um, if he hadn't won a Super Bowl the year before. And if uh, a team actually could pay him, uh, you know, upwards of $10 million, would he have done it? But instead uh, he had the Super Bowl. So uh, I'll, I'll read it verbatim. Uh, you know, Light also had uh, kept the band together thanks to Jackie Davidson and Mike Greenberg, 
uh, in the front office over there handling the cap. It's really hard to keep a Super Bowl team together. And as a group, they're making it work. I think it helps having a few vets over 30 who have already made a ton of money and aren't necessarily looking for real four to five year deals with 30 to $50 million in guaranteed money. And so that's not to say, Hey, Jason, I has an easy job because he has Tom Brady, but there was a confluence of factors involved with this, with the type of, you know, Levante David, Levante David were 26 and not however old he is, you know, closer to 30. It was going to be a whole lot harder to keep him, but instead he signs that two-year was $25 million deal. So there's credit to Jason Light. There's his front office staff. There's Tom Brady. There's an interesting collection of guys at their point, at this point in their careers. Yeah. I mean, I think the, that's, it's, I agree completely. Like that's, and that's why I was saying leading up to it is why Chris Godwin is the guy that you tag because he is an in your prime wide receiver who, when we see what Kenny Galladay got from a desperate Dave Gettleman, Chris Godwin would have gotten that or more in the market. He's younger. You know, he's, he's on a Super Bowl winning team, I guess, if that matters technically. And, you know, he's, uh, a, certainly a prolific player at that position. Whereas Shaq Barrett and Levante David, you, I, I mean, to me, I mean, they make so much sense in Todd Bowles defense in, in the economic reality that you're pointing out. That with, with the chance to come back and run back a Super Bowl champion, why would you not figure out a way to make it work? It's not like you're taking no money. You're just taking, you know, le- like you're taking, you're taking less money. And, and that's just how everyone is having to deal with it. It's, you know, we, we talked about this leading up to it, leading up to free agency. There was always going to be a bunch of shorter deals. Yep. For, for, for these, you know, for these players and, and less money. That's the reality of a salary cap dropping. So you tag Godwin and then you're able to bring these guys back and run it back. I would actually posit though that I think the Patriots had a better free agency, if only because I, I think that they have a chance to be good in 2021. Am I crazy? No, I, I mean, it, it's obviously subjective. I think that the Patriots had a good free agency. I would, I would say, the better free agency is a Super Bowl winning team that kept their all 22 starters together for next season. I, I think that that's an incredible free agency and really is never done. Um, I was not surprised by the Patriots spending money. Um, that's what the money's for. And, and, you know, big extreme Don Draper voice, like you lost <laughs> and you have money. You lost last year. You have the money this year. You have obvious holes. You've drafted like crap. Uh, so yeah, of course, this is what you do now. Do you pay all that guaranteed money to the tight ends? I don't know. Do you give Nelson Aguilar two years 22? I don't know. But if all this stuff is just two-year deals ultimately, which is what the Bucks stuff is as well, because Tom Brady, two more years, all this stuff. If all we're talking about is ultimately two-year deals and it gets you back to the playoffs and you can challenge the, the Bills for the AFC East again, I, who? it doesn't really matter. No. And I, if, I think maybe Hunter Henry's is a little bit like halfway in between, but it feels like the only real deal was Johnu Smith. That was a good deal. And I, uh, I like Johnu Smith is awesome. I don't, I am hashtag team Johnu and Johnu in all caps like Dave Richard likes to do. I mean, it's like Johnu, Johnu Smith will run it out of the backfield. He's great on tight end screens. Um, he's a, he's a, he's an above average blocker. He's everything you want in a tight end. And that's what the Patriots offense has sorely missed ever since Gronk departed for whatever he was doing in, in retirement. And all these other deals, like, you know, the Nelson Aguilar contract is, uh, is a lot for Nelson Aguilar, but I guess, I guess he's technically a deep threat now. Either way, it's, you're not, 
you're not you're not submarining your cap down the road, and that's what's important. You're giving yourself a chance to win now, which is, by the way, what Belichick has to do. Like they have to, he has to make the playoffs this year for his own peace of mind and for uh, people who are going to jump on him from a from the perspective of, you know, Tom Brady's still really good, and and you haven't made, you know, like if he misses the playoffs twice and Tom Brady wins two Super Bowls, that there's going to be a talk. Yeah, that, that's a t- that's a difficult legacy talk, and we know that Bill Belichick is probably the best historian of of the game that's that's anywhere in the the game of football right now. Uh, with due respect to Kill Brent, um, you know, <laughs> I, I thought that um, the best deal for me for the Patriots was Kyle Van Noy at two years, twelve million. You know, that was a surprise cut, and in, and and the compensatory pick they got when he left in free agency. <laughs> that's exactly right. So Kyle Van Noy ultimately got fifteen million dollars for one year in Miami. We know that Brian Flores. I have a buddy who like he, he's now in a in a long term relationship, but for a while he was just kind of like serial dating. And after three months, he just like looked at the girl and was like, "Listen, it's not working out." And she'd be like, "Well, what happened?" He's like, "It's just not working out." And Brian Flores seems like that guy where he's just yeah, like a buddy. people's. He's done. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's done it. He's done it with his coordinators. He's done it with uh PR staff members. He's doing it with Kyle Van Noy. He's done it with his quarterbacks, obviously. He did it, he did it with Tua in the middle of a football game last year. He's like multiple this, this times. Is, he's like he's like on a date. He's like, this isn't working out. She's like, whoa, whoa, we haven't even gotten like like the the, the entree yet. What are you doing? He's like, this isn't working out. I'm out of here. And just stormed out of the, the restaurant. So Kyle Van Noy wasn't a bad player last year. He got a great deal. Again, $15 million at his age 29 season. So now he gets a two-year $12 million deal with the Pats. I thought that that was probably a really solid, probably their best value signing. Okay. I, I dig it. And I think, I think New England will be good again. It, it, a lot may depend on how, how good the division is, honestly. The Bills are maybe the steadiest team in football right now, which is wild to think about. If you imagine going back to 2019 and, or 20, uh, 20, 2015, if you want, whatever, you whatever. You, yeah, 16, like 20, before they went to the playoffs with Tyrod. Yeah, and be like, you know, who's going to be a really like maybe the most consistent winner? You know, like the team you trust the most in football, the Buffalo Bills in 2021. You'd be like, oh, that sounds, yeah, sure, that sounds uh, totally normal in 2015. What could, got, what, what could, what weird could happen between now and 2021 that makes the Bills so, 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 so good and consistent? Right, right, right. No, I, I thought, I thought Brandon Bean and his group there had a really good free agency. We're not going to talk about them like the Patriots. We're not going to talk about them like the Bucks, but going back to the Trey White contract, uh, that was a mistake by Trey White's agent to do that deal before Jalen Ramsey got paid. That looked, that was a good contract. From, from the moment it was signed for the Bills. Yep. Matt Milano took less to stay there. They got John Feliciano back. Um, who else, who else up there? You know, they made a run at Gronk. They lost John Brown. They got Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I really like the deals that the Buffalo Bills put together. A lot of team friendly deals for them. Yeah. Uh, people want to play with in Buffalo, which is not something again, I thought I'd say in 2015. The New York Giants, you, you know, Dave Gettleman pretty well. Mm-hmm. Were you on the, I guess you were on the Observer. Were you at the Observer when Gettleman was there, or was he was yeah, it? Covered him his entire tenure at in Carolina, from yeah. from hire to uh, unceremonious fire. So I feel like, I mean, like I don't, I'm not, you know, like deep, like I'm not, I don't know Dave Gettleman well. Don't know Dave Gettleman at all, really. Um, but I do feel like I know what Dave Gettleman is going to do, and I don't know if that's because he's. Pro- I, I feel like I, I feel like when it comes to Dave Gettleman. People try to outthink themselves. Dave Gettleman is very simple to understand. If you figure yeah. out what he likes 
and you figure out how he like you can easily identify what his approach is going to be when it comes to team building. And I feel like he's he, this has been true for years. Like I I said leading up, to, we we're sitting in the draft in Nashville, and I was like, listen, Dave Gettleman is taking Dexter Lawrence. Okay, I don't care. I don't care when it. I don't care how he he's going to do it. One of those first round picks is going to be Dexter Lawrence. He's he's he will not let that guy is a Dave Gettleman like archetype of a player. And I, I also felt like he was clearly going to draft or sign a wide receiver and spend big money on it because he needs to prop up Daniel Jones. Leonard Williams is getting a huge contract. I feel like it's very obvious that Saquon Barkley is getting a huge contract this offseason. Do you think in total? I don't. I don't know about Saquon now. Oh, that ACL. We'll we'll see, we'll see what the again what the economic realities and what this year is going to look like, whatever the cap may be next year. That's I don't think it's a done deal that after year three with the running back like we had seen with a McCaffrey and a Zeke Elliott that that's definitely going to happen. Before the injury, I would have said, hey, he gets anywhere close to a thousand rushing yards, it's definitely going to happen. I'm not sure right now. Is that a Giants thing or a Saquon thing? Uh, it could be both. I mean, obviously the Giants want to protect themselves, uh, and Saquon's going to want some, some major upfront money that, you know, if, if the cap's down next year as well, uh, there are realities to that, uh, that the Giants may not want to kick the can down the road a whole bunch because Dave Gettleman hasn't done that a lot. He did it a little bit this year, but that doesn't mean that he's comfortable with it. So, uh, we'll see. As far as the Giants though, you know, Gettleman. Actually, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I would, I would agree with you very quickly just because, they have nine million dollars in cap space, uh, according to uh, Spotrack. Spotrack, excuse me. And it is. Po- I could see Dave Gettleman sitting Saquon down and be like, Saquon, listen, you're gonna have a great year, and then we're gonna extend you. I, I guarantee you. I promise you, you're the face of the franchise. Trust me, you're gonna get paid. And like, and then giving him the money next year, if only because, it, like, if you see how the, the Kenny Galladay contract is structured, yep. he's a four million dollar cap hit this year. Like. That's the reality of the situation. So yes, I'll agree with you there. But do you, do you, do you buy that they could be contenders this year with what they have done in free agency? Yeah. I liked your Dave Gettleman, Alec Baldwin, uh, voice there. Yeah. It was like um, a Pacino Baldwin, um, <laughs> raspy they, they homeless guy thing. Yeah. <laughs> they could. Um, I still like Washington. If you, if, if, uh, Fitzpatrick doesn't have a bad day on a bad day. Um, Same. still not sure about this Dallas defense. And so. You know, you have a Giants team that there are no more excuses. You know, Gettleman uh, could not figure out that other cornerback position. And so he had to overpay and go get a Dory Jackson. He wasn't able to get Josh Allen in the draft when he wanted Daniel Jones. And so he had to go trade for and then overpay Leonard Williams. And, you know, you sign Odell Beckham. Things don't work out. You need a guy who's going to be that guy out there. You overpay for Kenny Galladay. I think that we all understand that, like, he didn't have to pay as much as he did for certain, for two of those players, uh, but he still did. For me, it comes down to Jason Garrett with this offense. I think that Daniel Jones, as the year progressed, did a better job of taking care of the football, of valuing the football. And now I need to see this Giants offense come into, uh, frankly, the 21st century. Not 2021, but, like, I'm just talking about just some basic pre-snap motion. Mm. Um, and so if we can get that from Jason Garrett and have a less vanilla playbook, uh, for Daniel Jones and weapons, if John Ross can, uh, you know, revitalize his career and add that speed while catching the ball and holding on to it. Um, if Kyle Rudolph and his foot turn out, okay, uh, that's a more reliable target than Evan Ingram. Um, so yeah, I, and, and I like what he's done along the offensive line as well. So you start adding up those things. 
you're running out of excuses for both Dave Gettleman and Daniel Jones at that point. It's okay to admit that because they have a Duke and NC State quarterback on the roster that that's why you hate the Giants, JJ. It's okay to admit that. Okay, thank you. I have, okay. I have, I have no disdain for. I actually hadn't thought of that until just right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, maybe they could sign. I guess they can't sign Mitchell Trubisky until next all season. But then they no. would have the. Then they would have a real Tobacco Road flavor. That was another great deal for uh, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Uh, okay, coming up, quarterback movement. Not as much as we thought. TV deals went down. Uh, what does that mean for the long-term future and short-term future of the NFL? Next. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So the quarterback movement in terms of what we saw this year, if you, all right, go after Matthew Stafford got traded. Because this happened, this happened to me like 10 times on the radio. On radio. People were like, oh, do, do you think we're going to see not as much quarterback movement? Like maybe this could be disappointing based on what people have been saying. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like it's, if Deshaun Watson doesn't get traded, there's a bunch of dominoes that won't fall. If you had to give the quarterback, the quarterback movement that we've seen so far a rating on the excitement scale, one to 10, what would you give it? Oh man, it's a, it's at a two and a half. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. You know, we were anticipating a, a, a Marcus Mariota trade, but. He didn't want to sign an extension with anyone. So then that kind of killed his trade market. If, if the Raiders were ever going to trade him, uh, we knew that Fitz was going to go out and get something, $10 million, you know, okay. Um, you know, there was no Ryan Tannehill, $100 million contract this offseason, right? Cam signs his deal and Jameis. And so, yeah, we, I think everyone was waiting for the Deshaun deal to ultimately happen. It became pretty clear in February that, um, Houston wasn't going to do anything before the start of free agency. Um, and so now you're talking about, all right, well, what did the Jets do with Sam Darnold? Well, they don't have to do anything with Sam Darnold right now. I think they ultimately will trade him and draft Zach Wilson uh, second overall, mm. uh, but they don't have to do anything with him right now. I, I saw the Corey Davis. Yeah, I was brought on and I was told that Sam Darnold was going to be the quarterback in 2021. I mean, you know, I mean, you get, like, I mean, yeah. like, presumably Corey Davis showed up and was like, his agent's like, so who's going to be the quarterback? They're like, uh, well, I mean, Sam Darnold's our quarterback right now. Are you a Trojan horse? What do you, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you, we're trying to give you millions of dollars. Why are you asking us who the quarterback is? I, 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 I'm not, I would not take that to the bank. Um, right. To mean that he's starting week one for them. So, uh, you know, you still look, Denver wanted to be a player for Deshaun Watson. I cannot imagine that the Broncos are going to comfortably go into the season with Drew Locke as their week one starter. So uh, I'm excited to see what sort of movement happens at the top of the draft. You have a Carolina, a desperate Carolina team. Um, if they can't or don't want to get their hands on, uh, on a Deshaun Watson, then what, who do they trade with? And really the only team that you can see them trading with is Miami at three. And can they offer the best package 
there at three because they're not going to trade at four with the Atlanta Falcons. You wouldn't think so. Well, there's no way the Falcons could possibly do that. The Falcons couldn't trade out of four and say, you know what, we're, we're okay with Matt Ryan for now, for now in the next couple of years. Panthers, you move up to four and take Justin Fields, (laughs) a guy that we could have gotten at four. And if he dominates for 15 years, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a career ender for like Terry Fontenot before his career really. Out of, out of the, it's like one foot out the gate and just sideswiped by a Mack truck. Can't like, do it. Like you're stepping out of your house and all of a sudden a 18 wheeler comes driving through your front yard and cleans your clock. That's what trading, but I, I, I actually think there's like a good case to be made that teams should trade more in the division like that. Only if, if you're the Falcons, you're like, all right, we don't think Fields is that good and we can get a future first from Carolina. Like, and I, and I, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think teams, yeah. teams don't have the appetite for that. Uh, so, so it won't happen. I am curious. You mentioned Carolina trading up or trading for Watson. I, I think if I'm in the Carolina front office, I'm a little concerned that David Tepper has smelled blood in the water when it comes to a quarterback. And now all of a sudden the market, like, I mean, you know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. David Tepper wants to Sean Watson. And yep. well, wanted, wanted. Yes. At, at, we we don't know that he still does with everything. That's right, 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 right. Well, I, I, when I say that, I mean he. I think David Tepper saw Matthew Stafford get traded, Carson Wentz get traded, Jared Goff get traded, and realizes that this is an unprecedented time for quarterback acquisition, and as such, believes that his team should accelerate its its rebuilding process and go get a young franchise quarterback. And the idea of getting Deshaun Watson, now of course, all the off-field stuff is problematic. Um, I would posit that in a, in a total vacuum that David Tepper would be fine, would still want Deshaun Watson. I don't know if the, the, the uh, moral or PR angle, however you want to couch it, uh, would allow him to do that now. But I, but I do think he's still interested. I think the problem is that if you're Carolina, he's now, like, he's now made it very clear he wants, he wanted Deshaun Watson at least. Yes. Which means yes. he has, he has quarterback, he is, he is, uh, he is chasing a quarterback. And I, you wonder, will there be throwing some bad, good money after bad? on the hopes of getting Watson in the draft because you've already accelerated your mental process on how you want to approach this. I'm fascinated. I don't think that Matt Jones is going to be a guy for the Carolina. Uh, why, why does Ryan keep doing this? Ryan Wilson, <laughs> what are we doing? I don't, I don't think Matt Jones is going to be there. Uh, is going to be the Panthers. I, I think, he'll, I think he'll be there. I think he'll be on, I think he'll be available. <laughs> That's right. At That's eight. Right. <laughs> right. You know, the, I think, I think that David Tepper, made a mistake again by uh, not veiling his thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I mean, it, you know, once he, when he fired Marty Herney and he got on the call with reporters and didn't really avoid the opportunity to let folks know that Teddy Bridgewater had played so poorly at end of half situations, uh, last four minute situations that um, it, it, he just, he had no taste for it. And so that didn't help um, Teddy Bridgewater's trade value and market. Um, and it didn't make Teddy Bridgewater feel good. And now you're in a position where the guy that you were thinking to make a run at, maybe you can't make a run at him anymore. And so it, who comes into focus if you can't get up there and get a Fields or Zach Wilson? It's Trey Lance. Well, the only way that you're going to get a Trey Lance is if you still stick with Teddy Bridgewater in 2021. And Teddy Bridgewater doesn't feel great about how you talked about him a couple months ago. Uh, it probably doesn't feel great about being benched midseason for P.J. Walker either. Which is, 
Not ideal. So I think, yeah, I think the Carolina Panthers, it felt like for a hot minute that they were in the driver's seat for Deshaun Watson, that they were going to flip everything around. And now all of a sudden things have uh, dramatically shifted for them. And uh, there are certainly questions to be asked. So the, yeah, I'm trying to think any other, is it all on Deshaun at this point for the dominoes? I mean, Sam Darnold, obviously, I guess could be a separate domino, but I think, I think it's trapped. I think, I think it's, I think who's going to make the move to slide up there? Is it going to be the Patriots where they pick in 15? Are they going to make that move? Because it, I, I think it's going to be one of two things. Either we're going to see people waiting and waiting, hoping for the Deshaun domino, or we're going to see a team say, you know what? This ain't going to get figured out by the end of April when everybody's meeting up in Cleveland and we need to go ahead and make our move right now. Similar to 2016 with, um, you know, the Rams and the Eagles making their move. Uh, in the spring, well before the draft started, uh, with the Browns and the Titans. And so I, I think that it, whenever one of those things happens, that will then answer the question for us. Um, I'm not an actual lawyer. I know some people may listen to the show and think, oh, wow, Brinson's a lawyer in his free time. I'm not. I'm, I'm just a you know, formerly certified paralegal. I will tell you this though, as <laughs> is that, is that true? I used to be a paralegal. Yeah. Wow. Um, for my dad. Uh, <laughs> the, uh <laughs> thanks, Dan. <laughs> I actually had to go take the test at a community college and everything. Um, I, so it's March 25th when people are listening to this podcast. Yeah. There have been in the past four days, I don't know, like, uh, 42, 43 lawsuits filed against the Sean Watson. I'm just kidding. It's, it's like he's up, he's up to like 15 or 16. It, it's at 16 as we are recording right now. One of the things that happens in civil lawsuits and in criminal cases is that when you are almost, almost certainly every single time as whether you're the plaintiff, when you're the defendant, when you're the defendant and you're the defendant's lawyer, you file a motion for extension of time to get an extra 30 days to respond to a civil lawsuit in the court, which means that you are probably going to have 60 days from the time that said civil lawsuit was filed before you actually reply to it in a, in the form of a full legal response. Now there could be a settlement before then, of course, but if this, if the normal civil civil law legal proceedings are to take place you're talking 60 days out from the day that the lawsuit was filed which means that there will probably be no solution for this by the time that the draft uh, uh, shows up and i think nfl teams need to acquaint themselves with the, the legal proceedings because deshaun watson ain't moving before the draft unless he somehow unless these are all just wildly false claims and he has proof against them or if he settles these lawsuits, at which point there are going to be questions asked. So to me, there's no chance he gets traded before the draft based on everything that's happened in the last week. And that means that teams have to make separate plans, whether it's Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, whatever, you know, whatever you think you're going to do in the draft. That all has changed dramatically in the last seven days. Yeah, the, the math on it. I'll tell you this. Well, uh, I heard from one team over the weekend that was strongly considering hiring a private investigator uh, in Houston to investigate mm. the claim. So um, we're obviously going to see how that plays out. The timeline that you just laid out, I think, is a is a is a pretty normal and natural one that neither one of us is making any sort of um, determination on uh, culpability, guilt or innocence or anything. Oh, but just very simply that the 60 days happens after takes place after uh, April the 29th or 30th. And his value uh, would then seemingly decrease, at least from a Houston Texans perspective, 
And then they then really have to decide, you know, what's it going to be. So um, I do agree with you uh, that this um, has has put in just the football sense has put any sort of trade discussion on ice, no doubt. Yeah, and the, look, the reality is, if the Texans are trading him, who let's say, that, and if assuming that he plays 16 games in 2021, whoever gets him is going to get a huge benefit from. Like, like their, their, their team is going to be better. So the picks that, like, if you're the Texans, you want, it is a bird in the hand situation. You need to get the draft picks this year to get a, a, a replacement quarterback and B, because the picks are going to be better than the ones that the team that you give Deshaun Watson to in theory will be Correct. In, in 2022. So it's a, it is a, it is a very, very narrow tightrope as all tightropes really are. All right. Television deals, huge deals signed. Um, of course. You know, as CBS employees, we're thrilled to have this. This, uh, yeah, we look, we love, we look at the NFL for the next ten years. Whatever, very happy, very happy. Well, Shout out CBS. Right. I mean, if we we're power, all right. So, just give me a quick power ranking of which network did the best in the television. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> CBS. <laughs> what, uh, what, do, what do you think for short term and long term purposes? What do these TV deals mean? And I think it one one thing worth including here, JJ, is. Because I've had people ask me, they're like, "Oh, isn't the cap going to shoot up?" It's like, no, that's that's not really how the they don't they don't want the cap flying all up and down all over the place. No, and and frankly, to that to the the second point last, remember a couple of years ago when the NBA had that gigantic spike in the salary cap and everybody got paid, and then folks were looking around a couple of years later, like, "Oh boy, that was a mistake that we paid that guy, you know, the ninety eight million dollar contract." Um, the NFL saw that and the, the team owner saw that and they don't want that to happen here. So there's not going to be a gigantic spike next year. Not only that, it's not going to happen when these deals, uh, when these deals take place in 2023, because they run from 2023 to 33. Um, this is going to be incremental. Uh, the NFL is, is very happy with the way the cap has gone up until this past season. They want to keep that. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of flexibility built into the deals as it relates to streaming. Um, linear TV is still, uh, the behemoth. Uh, that's what the NFL, uh, very clearly stated with these deals. Uh, Amazon's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see how they produce the show because, you know, they've, they've been borrowing, I think, Fox to, to when, when Amazon has hosted, uh, these shows, they've been borrowing from Fox on that. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, and then there's obviously the gambling aspect. And, Will, I've written about this for years, dating back to my time at Sports Illustrated, wrote about it during the season. Everyone thinks that everybody's getting rich off of sports gambling. And the fact is that... I, I can attest that that's not always true. <laughs> I promise you it's not true. It is a multi-billion dollar industry, sports gaming is. There's no question about it. But when you start figuring out how many pieces of the pie there are to actually eat, there aren't that many. Um, and so, yeah, the NFL can sell its data rights to certain sports books, but after that, it's not going to be some gigantic deal, but they still built in the flexibility there. So, uh, that's what was interesting to me was the, the flexibility of, Hey, where we're heading, uh, in terms of how we, uh, digest television and what we don't know will be happening seven to 10 years from now. And again, on the salary cap point, I, I don't think it can be stressed enough that the NFLPA and the NFL, do not want to go 220, 185, or 182, 230, 155. You know, like they don't, they don't want it to be this jagged 
No. Uh, you know, like Dal Jones, you know, style move. Like they, they, they don't want the salary cap to be GameStop. Okay. They want it to be a flat growth. They, this is going to be, they want the COVID season. And by the way, kudos to you, JJ, for, for calling this at the outset. Cause we talked about this a year ago and yeah. how this is going to be, t- you know, roughly a year ago, how this was going to be altered, but they want this to be an aberration, a dip where it's a, you know, it, it dips and then it slowly builds back up. You work your way back. And then it's, and it's graded out and they, they want it to be a, a smooth, even slope and they'll just get back to where they were. And does it, you know, does it sort of benefit the NFL owners over the long haul? Probably, but that's what most of these things do, unfortunately. Like the, like it turns out these billionaires are pretty good at writing the rules and, and, and changing the rules mid, mid, midstream. I'm not saying that they're fixing this. It's just that's, but the NFL PA doesn't want this either. They don't want some spike back up and then you have to overcorrect for it. Uh, like additional. certain players entering a contract year at 29 years old would love for it to spike. Sure. It would, it would only benefit a very, very small percentage of NFL players. So yes, uh, I think that you, um, illustrated it perfectly well. All right. Um, anything else from free agency? I can't believe I wore a Carolina blue t-shirt for this podcast. I'm, I'm, yeah, I love that. Uh, I like that. I like that. I like that Jackie t-shirt you got there. That's I good. appreciate that, man. Yeah. I think, uh, look for, uh, Jadevian Clowney. I think mm-hmm. that he might find a landing spot soon. Really an enigma, uh, of a guy who, you know, uh, no sacks last year, uh, can't trust him, uh, in terms of his health. Um, still has a very, uh, a team source told me, you know, he, he has an inflated sense of what his number is and, and we and the rest of the league don't believe it. So, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be a lot like these quarterback contracts. I think that we've seen, uh, the backup quarterback contracts where there's going to be a, you know, a six or seven million dollar base and then incentives built into sacks and, and whatnot. Um, but he might, he might ink a deal this week. Clowney is rather unfortunately, because I think, I mean, look, he's a, you know, especially if you're like from around here, like, or if you're, if you're around North Carolina, like you've watched Clowney, you know, for a long time. A long it, time. It, it feels like the Michigan hit is going to be the highlight. Yeah. It's, it's, Which sucks because he's a, I think he's a, a underrated player relative to his production and stats. Yeah, but he's overrated based on the name value, probably because of the Michigan hit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's probably why. Uh, it's it's a weird thing. A guy who senior year of high school probably could have played in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. You know, not number yeah. one overall pick, but could have been on an NFL roster. An absolute uh, absolute freak show of a dude. Yeah, and there's not many people that you say that about, right? It's like Adrian Peterson. Uh, and then the next one after that is Jadavian Clowney. And then there's nobody after that. Mitchell Trubisky in between. Um, <laughs> Go Heels. Go Heels. Uh, all right, JJ. Always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate it, man.